It is a technological world. Blaine Kylo is here. Solocore.com, S-O-L-O-C-O-R-P-S.com. The task for everybody else, 877-399-9898. Songs with women's name in the title. One of the texts came in. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. <laughs> that's not, that wasn't the homework. Uh, that's a, that's, that's cool. Let's get on to the technology. Uh, thank you. Here's Mr. Poupe. Uh, Blaine Kylo is joining us here, um, with, uh, I've with a one. sewer backup problem and, and, but still making it. I've, I've got, I've got a song. Okay. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Jenny. Jenny. Nice. Got it. On the list. Well done. That's a good one. That's a good it's one. a fun one to sing too. <laughs> um, did you know that it's because it's September and because it's fall, it's the time when all of the video games start coming out again? Is it? How exciting. Yes. It but is. We kind have of new ones then. It's it's tough sometimes to find time to play it, especially when I get a I actually got a chance to get a preview of a game that's not coming out for another month yet. Um, Ubisoft's next Assassin's Creed game is called Mirage. And a couple of weeks ago, I got a chance to play a few hours of this new game. And let me tell you, it's pretty fun, pretty good. I like these Assassin's Creed games. They put you in these really different historical environments that are more historically accurate than you might expect from a video game. Ubisoft goes to great lengths to make sure that they're building accuracy into these games. Now, how accurate the notion of uh, an age-old battle between the Knights Templar and the Assassin Brotherhood, I don't know how accurate that is historically, but it sure is makes for a, a really fun video game franchise. This new one goes back kind of to the roots of the first game. So it's set in what we now refer to as the Middle East, 9th century Baghdad to be precise. And you are playing in the shoes of Basim, who is a character that we actually got introduced to in Valhalla, which was the last game that came out in 2020. And this is really quite a return to the the parkour and the sneakiness and the sort of investigation that anchored and was core to the Assassin's Creed franchise in the early days. I've got to say that if the rest of the game plays like this three hours that I played, uh, it was like um, they've done a pretty good job of kind of honoring the roots of the game, but still providing what that first game couldn't do. Like when I was walking around the Bazaar of Baghdad, it was absolutely filled with characters and a diverse characters. Like Baghdad back in the ninth century was really in the center of trades. And so this new game has got people from all different cultural backgrounds all coming together in Baghdad in really interesting ways. And the sort of the the look and the intensity and the volume of things going on in this space is just something that the first Assassin's Creed game could not do back in 2007. Well, that's it's been a long time is what I was going to say. And, and there seems to be a lot of these. I feel like we release a new one every month. I'm exaggerating for emphasis, but it kind of feels that way. Kylo, as a non-gamer, there's a lot of these things. Yeah, there is. And what... The challenge for the developers is to make sure that people who have been playing the games and are into the franchise want to come back and that there's a reason for them to pick up the next game, but also finding ways to encourage people 
who are new to the series to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's one of the reasons that Ubisoft um, has gone back and the Ubisoft Bordeaux team has tried to sort of scale back a little bit because over the years in trying to make the new games more appealing to fans of the franchise, new things were being added in. And maybe those last few uh, Assassin's Creed games were a little bloated. There was too much going on. And I think that the the scaling back is an attempt to make it a little more manageable to try and entice some new players into Assassin's Creed who maybe have never played one before. Very cool. Blaine Kylo is here, and we are talking gaming, gadgets, and so much more. Uh, Kylo, now you did say that there are so many games coming out as we're in that pre-Christmas season already. I did uh, really enjoy going to Costco and seeing all the snowmen and reindeer all lit up in the aisles. That's cool. Now, a couple of games, uh, a couple of kinds of games that come out. There's the big blockbusters like uh, Assassin's Creed, you know, franchise. And then there's some independents that come out. They also do great things. What do you got? Yeah, and do you take these with a completely different scale because when you've got a massive, you know, 200-person studio doing something and then compare that to Sprawl, a game which comes by Maith, a studio which is made up of two people. Sprawl made me really think about Doom and Quake, those early days. This is a game in which it's all about the first-person shooter action this is powered by an industrial soundtrack and movement. And that's the secret about games like this, Doom and Quake in particular. You think success is about the guns, and it's not actually. It's about the movement. And in Sprawl, you're wall running and you're jumping all over the place, and you can actually use your weapons to provide you with additional trajectory to move around the space and get yourself like you could shoot a gun into the ground to actually levitate yourself into the air and get more height advantage. It's the kind of thing that makes Sprawl really interesting and frenetic to play. A two-person operation making a really interesting first-person shooter. And on the flip side, you've got Chance of Sonar, which comes from French studio Run Disc, and there's absolutely no combat in this game at all. This game really is taking the story of the Tower of Babel to heart And when you start the game, you're confronted with these glyphs that have no meaning to you. But by manipulating the environment, you find out what these glyphs and these symbols mean. And as you progress up the tower, you're provided with additional glyphs and different glyphs that maybe mean the same thing because, of course, all of the people that live in the tower are speaking different languages. And your job is to learn what they are, to bring meaning to those symbols, and find ways to connect these different cultures. Really interesting, completely non-competitive game, but uh, but challenging nevertheless. That sounds a little bit like a puzzle, you know? Very much so. Cool. It's good for your brain. Blaine Kylo is here. I'm Shane Hewitt. And gadgets on the list. We've chatted a little bit about the iPhones. We've chatted about the costs. We've chatted about USB-C. But Apple uh, did come out with that and big long list of other things that we are yet to chat about. Yeah. So, And that was the big thing with the iPhone 15 models that were announced by Apple yesterday is the USB-C charging. This is something that was triggered by... Um, a requirement in the European Union that Apple um, use USB-C. There was some 
wondering whether Apple would do USB-C iPhones for Europe and lightning cable iPhones everywhere else. Not really a surprise. I think that Apple decided to standardize across the board and make that simple. Um, so now USB-C cables for all of your iPhone 15s and going forward. A couple of things. Uh, the dynamic island that was uh, the, the new feature in the iPhone 14 Pro comes to the standard iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus. That's something new. Um, the physical appearance of these has changed only slightly. There's a bit of rounding to the edges. The screen's much brighter. It can get up to 2,000 nits and better cameras in these new devices. Um, the iPhone 15 Pro, which is the real premium handset, it gets a titanium chassis. So this is not only lighter, but also really strong. So they've been able to reduce the bevel or the bezel on these things a little bit. Um, and they've replaced the toggle, the silent ring toggle that's on the side of the phone with an action button. And you can still use that action button to toggle ring and silent, but you can also configure it to do other things like triggering the camera or using it to set voice memos. So another configurable button on the iPhone 15 Pro. I like the titanium. Uh, it's going to be really good. The Pro handsets actually are powerful enough that they're going to be able to run modern video games. So Assassin's Creed Mirage that we just talked about, it's actually going to be playable on iPhone 15 Pro models when it gets released for those devices in the new year. Cool. Uh, Apple Watch and more. Did you have anything that uh, really impressed you with some of the smaller bits? Uh, a new gestural control that's coming to the Series 9 and the Ultra 2. So you've got your raise your wrist and the screen will come on so you can see it. You can cover the screen with your hand to turn off notifications. And a new one, you tap your index finger and your thumb quickly twice. It's called a double tap and you trigger an action on the watch. Not quite sure how Apple figured out how to make this work, but it looks like it works pretty well. So if you're sleeping and your watch alarm goes off and you're fumbling around, you can just tap your finger to your thumb twice and it will silent that alarm. Or if you've got a coffee in one hand and your phone goes and you want to answer it on your watch, you don't have to tip your coffee all over yourself to answer your phone. You just tap your finger and your thumb twice and you can answer that call on your watch. Pretty interesting gestural control coming to the new Apple Watches. Kind of creepy gestural control coming to our Apple Watches. Perspective, Kylo. I mean, it's probably just reading the movements inside the muscles or something inside your arm, but still kind of creepy, man. It's technology at its best. <laughs> Blaine, Kylo, thanks for being here. I'll see you next week.